Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Arganissima, New York. Welcome back to the iHealth channel and iHealth Radio Hurricane H here. New day, new show, new topic, new guest. And um, I'll start with a question. Did you ever wonder if you were a taker or a giver? Sounds weird. Sounds interesting, intriguing. Uh, we might have some answers for that. And you might have to probably take a quiz today. We'll see. <laughs> Depends on our guest today. So with me today, I have uh, EA. And I have to say it correctly, Solkovich, and he is the founder of Givers University. Now, it sounds what it sounds like, Givers, but we're going to deep dive on that one. So EA, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you for being with us today. Hurricane, thank you so much for having the show. And I've got to tell your listeners, I'm sorry, I just have to digress for a minute. All right. <laughs> you switched cameras when we started, and I looked and I thought, Man, look at the guns on this guy. He seriously works out. I can just tell. I mean, I can tell. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I lift weights four days a week, but I can tell you must live in the gym. I said, I thought, you know, I, I thought you were going to do like a Schwarzenegger, uh, you know, imitation on me and say, I'll be back or something. Cause I thought, man, look at the guns on this guy. God bless him. So I just had to say, I just got to say it. It's a good thing. Well, yeah, thank you for that. But actually, I am looking at a gym across from the studio on the other <laughs> side. That's the other set right there. But but uh, but the funny thing is that you mentioned Arnold, and I, I know your name, as you yeah. said, is Austrian. So, hey, yeah. you might be back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great, man. That's so we great. have to have fun, right? Yes, for um, sure. For sure, buddy. So so as I stated, you know, the question is, yeah. people, are they givers or takers? And that's a pretty deep concept in itself. And I think that's going to give us a full hour of discussion. But as usual, the tradition, EA, tell us a little bit about your story in terms of this, this concept or GU or, or the Givers University. Thank you. Happy to do that. And uh, again, thank you for having me on your great show. And I look forward to sharing with your listeners um, some, just some great content and, uh, and some great nuggets and, and hopefully provoke some thought, you know, and, uh, and say, you know, that's some good stuff. So uh, if I may, I'd like to digress because this really sort of transpired. Givers University came about as a result of events from years ago. And uh, if I can walk down that path for a minute, it, it, there, I, I believe I can share some insights with your listeners that they might find intriguing. Um, I, I was born in Chicago. I live in Michigan now. And, uh, you know, I'm 65 years old now. And my, you know, back then when I was five years old, my father was a milkman. Uh, and uh, he had, he was a, you know, he had his own, like, you know, one man operation, he had his own route. And back then when I was five years old, you know, amazingly enough, 60 years ago, how in the world that happened, but uh, you know, that milk actually came in glass gallons and there was a box outside everyone's house. That was the milkman's box. And you know, it was amazing hurricane. The box always had money in it. 
and no one touched it. Not one single time did we ever have anyone take the milkman money that they knew was in the milkman box because in there was always a little handwritten note, you know, eggs, cheese, whatever they wanted that my father would deliver. And uh, it was interesting times, right? Different times. So uh, here I was at five years old and I'm delivering milk with my father. And, and, and I think that was the first time where I really got like a sense of um, not knowing it at the time of getting on with doing whatever needs to be done and being a self-starter because my father didn't punch a time clock. He got up at three in the morning. Uh, back then, the only trucks that had uh, that were refrigerated were the big 18 wheelers. So the delivery trucks like my father had that went in the neighborhoods and it was his own truck. He had to get up at three in the morning and we went and he chopped ice with an ice pick on these six foot high slabs of ice and would slide the, these pieces in the middle of the truck and then break them up even smaller and put those on top. And that was how the milk stayed cold. Right. And I remember him saying over and over again, the same thing. He said it every time we went out and that was, well, when we're done, we're done. And, and that always sort of, even at, you know, five years old, I, I remember him saying that, you know, let's get on with it. Let's, when we get done with the route, we're done for the day. Let's get done with it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and, I, and that was, I guess, sort of my first little thought, I guess you could say, I'm not punching a time clock, you know, and, and being a self-starter and when something needs to be done, get going with it. So, and I, I and it, there were some great memories of, you know, delivering milk with my father and doing that at a young age. And then at the ripe old age of 16 years old, I took my first step in moving towards success and I became a janitor. Now, I didn't mind doing that because business was always picking up. What? Anyway, so so here we are at, uh, so at 16 years old, I become a janitor and I was able to be bonded, which means insured, you know that from your financial background experience. Uh, so that meant that if my buffer, when I was cleaning, hit a piece of equipment, the insurance company would cover it, right? That also allowed me to be in expensive places and also allowed me to be in expensive homes. And I cleaned a particular home every single Wednesday. I was there every Wednesday at 16 years old, every single Wednesday. And the name of the lady whose house I was in was June Martino. Now that name means nothing to your listeners until I make a movie reference. <clears throat> there was a movie out a couple of years back. It's still on streaming now and probably will be for a really long time. It's actually a pretty good view. It's called The Founder. It's with Michael Keaton plays Ray Kroc, and it's about McDonald's. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to catch it. Did you catch it? I did. Right. Okay. All right. So, uh, and, and, and sir, I can tell you because I lived in Oak Brook. That's where I was born and raised. And in my whole lifetime, I witnessed the McDonald's phenomenon in my lifetime. The world headquarters for McDonald's was where I lived, you know, so for decades, and it's not there anymore, but for decades it was there. So I saw this whole thing. I witnessed it. So I can tell you truthfully, the movie is drama spin, Hollywood spin. They had the Peyton Ray that way to make it interesting. He really wasn't that way. Anyway, the, and, and the movie is based on events that truly did happen. That's for sure. They, it's just Hollywoodized, right? It's fun. So in the movie, Michael Keaton, Ray Kroc, is constantly talking to a lady outside his office. And he says, June this, June that, June that. That lady is the lady whose house I cleaned. So every Wednesday, and she had, when I met her at 16 years old, she had the third most controlling stock in McDonald's. She was like an icon. Everyone knew June Martino, right? So I was in her house and he, this was fascinating to me, Hurricane, because I had always thought up to that point, to be successful, you had to be a jerk. 
you had to push people down. You had to be me only oriented, me first oriented. You had to be the first one to be able to say it's only business. And you just had, and that was how you made it, right? I don't know where that came from. I don't know how I had that thought, but it was there in my head. She was so the opposite. It could, it fascinated and astonished me how this woman who was worth more zeros than I could count on my fingers and toes at that point when I met her, uh, how she was just the opposite, approachable and never, con she had a full-time maiden butler. I'm in her house, which is a million dollar home back then. When I was 16, it was a million dollars. She lived in a place called Ginger Creek and she bought homes for all of her, for her three sons. And I mean, so I'm astonished by all this, that she's so approachable and so nice and so kind, never condescending. And to show you, if I was buffing the floor, I was there to, I had, had to buff the floor with special buffing pads and I would clean the swimming pool and clean the garage. By the way, loved cleaning the garage. The reason why is in order to clean it, I had to pull out the Rolls Royce. Now I was sitting in a Rolls Royce that was worth 10 lifetimes of income, right? And then at the end of the day, I would go home and drive my car, which was a Rolls Canardly. That means it rolls down one hill and can hardly make it up the next. So I'm driving a Rolls Canardly and, you know, and I'm sitting in this real Rolls Royce. This is like never, never land for me. And this woman's amazingly nice. I just, and to show you, if I'm buffing the floor and looking down and she walks through the room and sees me before I saw her, she would say, hi. I mean, just that approachable. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this woman's like super, super, super wealthy. And she's, so nice and approachable. She's not a superhuman. She's not like an alien. You know, I mean, what's the deal here? I mean, it was, it was blowing my mind because it was so different from what I had erroneously preconceived, right? So one day, this was it. She was in an extra good mood. And I mustered up all the courage that a snot-nosed 16-year-old could muster up because I'm going to go and ask June a question. So I got at my courage, I'm shaking in my janitorial boots and I walk up to her and I say, hi, June. And she goes, I mean, so nice. It was amazing. She said, hi, how are you? And I said, fine. She knew who I was. I was in there every week, every single Wednesday, right? So she knew who I was. And, and I said, uh, can I ask you a question? She said, sure. And I said, uh, could you tell me about it? She said, well, what's that? And I said, well, the whole McDonald's thing. I'm not kidding, Hurricane. She put her arm around me, brought me in the kitchen and, the, and I'd asked her in the morning, the entire day told me the entire story. If you remember in the movie, she actually worked for Ray when he was a milkshake mixer salesman before he met the McDonald's brothers. She started the story there. And then the whole thing through all this thing, all the way through up to the moment we're sitting in the kitchen. She even had the maids and butlers bringing us food so she could keep telling me the story. And I'm thinking, God, this is man, is she taking a time for this 16-year-old kid? What's the deal here? This is June Martino. You know, I mean, it's like, I'm amazed she even answered me, let alone, you know, devoting a whole day to this kid, literally a kid. So <clears throat> she tells me about a part, and you might remember this in the, in the movie, because it is an actual event. They, it's Hollywoodized, you know, the way they portray it. But it did actually, the event happened. In the movie, June goes to Ray because she kept the books and said, we're out of money. We don't have any money. And that perpetuates Michael Keaton calling the brothers. They have a drama argument on the phone. Uh, Michael Keaton says, I need more percentage. I need more royalty. Slams down the phone. Right. Okay. That event actually did happen. Not that way, but it did happen. She told me about this decades, way before the movie came out. And so she told me the following. She said, there was this time where we didn't have any money. 
So I agreed to keep working for Ray for no pay. And he gave me worthless, worth less than zero company stock. And he agreed to take some of the phone calls from my bill collector so they weren't hounding me on the phone. So I just asked her back. I said, June, I said, as you know, I'm a janitor. I work Friday to Friday. That means paycheck to paycheck. If I don't get paid on Friday, I'm not showing on Saturday. I need that paycheck. That's what pays for my roles canardly, right? And so I asked her, why'd you do it? Hurricane, she sat back in her chair and did an eye lock on me and mentally left the room. She's staring right at me. And, 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 not, you know, and it was like maybe 10 seconds, but it seemed like uh, 10 minutes. And, yeah, and I'm going, dude, <laughs> she's staring right at me. And, but I could tell she's not home. She's truthfully, because I guess I, I realized at that point, I had asked her a question no one ever asked her. Everyone always wanted to know what happened with, with McDonald's, but no one ever wanted to know why. So when I asked her, why'd you do it? Why'd you work for no money, no pay? When she answered, I'll never forget what she said. The way she said it that made the hair stand up on the back of my neck and my instantaneous thought right after. When I asked her, June, Why'd you do it? Why'd you keep working and you weren't getting paid? No pay whatsoever. Why'd you do it? When she answered Hurricane, she said, because I believed in Ray. And the way she said it and the feeling made the hair stand up on the back of my neck because I could tell this was such a heartfelt feeling. And the answer was heartfelt. And my first thought, weirdly so, was, that's it. Why? That's the answer. I need a Ray Kroc. I need someone who can bring me under their wing, teach me. It certainly hasn't worked out too bad for her. I'm in her house and there's a billion dollar mansion with maids and butlers and Rolls Royce and all these things, you know, that's what I need. I need a Ray Kroc that can teach me. I don't even know what I don't know. I just know I don't know it, whatever it is. I just know I don't even know what I should know. I didn't know mentor. I didn't know what a mentor was. I didn't know any of that stuff. I just know. I just knew in my heart right then I need to rake rock. So I did something that was intelligently accurate. And all this, by the way, leads up to how Givers University came about. I did something without even realizing by mistake and out of puritanical ignorance, I asked the right question. And the question I asked was, where's my Ray Kroc? How am I going to meet my Ray Kroc? Where is he? I didn't know at that point how important that question was. As later on, my business mentor taught me, people live backwards. And they live backwards because everyone's searching for the answers. Everyone wants to learn the answers. They want to find the answer. What's the answer to this? What's the answer to that? He said, it's wrong. They're backwards. He said, the answers are always there. They always have been there. They're omnipresent. He said, we need to focus on, and everyone should focus on asking the right questions. And the reason is when we ask the right questions, we become self-fulfilling prophecies in our own life. Also, when we ask the wrong questions, we become self-fulfilling. We get the answers. You know, when someone says, why don't things ever work out for me? The question itself causes the answer to arrive in their life. A self-fulfilling prophecy. By the way, I just had to rewire that in my mind because I don't believe that in my life. I believe everything works out, right? So he taught me, one of the things he taught me was ask the right question. 
hurricane ignorantly. I did that one thing and I asked where, I never said I wasn't going to meet my red croc. I was never going to, I thought, well, where is he? He's got to be out there. How do I meet him? It wasn't three or four months later at the same janitorial service. It was at night talking with the owner in a suburb called Addison, Illinois, another Chicago's got a lot of suburbs and uh, Addison, Illinois was where the janitorial service was. So Jerry was the owner and uh, it was after dinner time. I had already punched out and the phone rings, picks up the phone. He answers it, talks for a few minutes, hangs up the phone. He said, well, that was some guy in from Detroit. He wants to open a diamond store and he wants to see some carpeting and he's got to see it tonight because he's leaving, going back on a plane tomorrow, back to Detroit. I said, okay, uh, what's that got to do with me? He said, I need you to go. I said, I'm not going. Jerry, I already punched out. Now, by the way, we're going to count how many times I said no to this event. So I said, Jerry, I'm not going. I'm I'm exhausted. I've been cleaning all day. I'm fatigued. I'm mentally shot. I'm not going to go show carpet. He says, I need you to go. I said, Jerry, you know, I don't know anything about carpeting. I can't do, I don't know how to bid a carpet job. You know, I've never done one. I can clean carpet. I can shampoo it. I can vacuum it. I don't know how to bid one. So he gives me one of these wheels and he said, you walk this way and this way on the room. It measures it and call me on the phone. I said, Jerry, I'm not going. I don't know anything about it. Now, this is the third time I've said no. And he said, I'll tell you what, if you go, I'll give you your pick of any Saturday you want off. Now, for a janitor, that's a huge negotiation chip because we work and businesses are closed. So Saturday, you know, when they're closed, we're cleaning morning till night. So I wanted to make sure he wasn't tricking me. So I repeated it back. Any Saturday I want? (laughs) He said, yeah, any Saturday. I said, okay, Jerry, I'll go. So I throw the carpet samples in the back of my rolls canardly, setting the stage for your listeners. I don't want to do this. I'm mentally fatigued and tired. I've said no so far three times. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about carpeting, so I'm getting ready to do something I don't even know how to do. I've never done it before. I'm getting ready to meet a guy from Detroit. Seriously, Detroit? I don't know, I'm a guy from Detroit and I'm not doing this because of my boss. I'm not doing him a favor. There's only one reason, Hurricane, I'm going. Saturday. And that's the Saturday, exactly right. I'm getting that Saturday off, man. I'm getting that big Benny right there, right? Little do I know, I'm getting ready to meet the man that will change the trajectory of my life forever. I'm getting ready to meet my Ray Kroc. He will become the father I never had, even though I had a father. I'm getting ready. to. I will be the son he never had, even though he had a son. And little do I know. And I'm doing everything. I'm saying no over and over again because I'm getting the thing I was asked for. So here I am. Have you ever had this happen, Hurricane, where when you first met someone, for some weird reason, your comfort level so high, you almost feel like you've known them before? Ever that happened all the time, just like you thought, man, this is just like totally cool. I got this. This is you. That was the feeling I had. So we talked for like two hours. By the way, this is at night. The phone call came in the janitorial service after dinner. So we're mid-evening now, right? And I'm at this place that's going to be rebuilt into this diamond store. And we talked for like two hours. The carpet was a no-sale because he wanted something plat, really plus for a diamond store. And we just had commercial office stuff, right? So I throw the samples back in my rolls canardly. And as I'm leaving, he offers me a job. I said, no, 
the fourth time of the evening, I say, no. I said, no, man, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know anything about diamonds. He said, I'll teach you. I said, listen, I don't, know, I don't know anything about diamonds. All I know is two things. Number one, they're expensive. And number two, someday a lady's going to ask me for one. That's it. That's all I know about diamonds. He said, no, no, no I'll, I'll teach you. I said, no, I'm all set. The next thing he said, I didn't know, Hurricane, that I genuinely was speaking to a puritanical genius, not the IQ baloney kind of genius, you know, and I've met a lot of educated idiots in my life that, you know, have all the book knowledge and have zero application skills whatsoever, no wisdom whatsoever. All they do is know how to recite, right? So, and I've met a lot of those. I'm sure you have too, right? But I'm talking to, I'm, this man is a real human engineering genius, like, talk to you for 10 minutes and he's got you exact how you think what you do etc so as i'm leaving he says something that he knows i don't know it at that time he knows is going to get my goat he knows it's going to grind me as i'm walking out the door he says what do you have to lose you could always go back being a janitor and i said no the sixth time and left and as I'm driving in the car, by the way, it's almost, it's approaching midnight now. And I'm thinking, you know what? He's right. It's grinding me. He's right. What does he mean by that? I can always go back being a janitor. I guess I can. People make messes. I can clean it. You know what? I'm going to find out exactly what that guy's got on his mind. So I'm halfway home, almost midnight. Turn around. I think, oh, he's gone. He's going back to Detroit. He's still there. I said, okay, what do you have in mind? <laughs> For the next four months, I get in the car. At 4.30 in the morning, Friday night, Saturday morning, drive 301 miles. I still remember the exact mileage from Chicago to Detroit. I meet with him for six hours and then get back in the car and drive all the way home, all in the same day for four months in a row in the heart of winter. And I never missed a weekend. Why? Because I knew he had what I wanted. And he, he was, I knew he was rich and happy. By the way, I didn't even know I even had that backwards. We should be happy and then rich. And, uh, you know, but, but at 16 years old, you know, I'm about the money, right? I want to get, I want to get rid of my Rolls Canardly and get one of June's Rolls Royces. That's what I want, right? She opened my eyes that anyone could do it, right? And, and so I met with him and then I worked with him for a few years. And then at 19 years old, I asked him the question. I said, Sam, his name was Sam Robbins. Why I me? Said, Sam. Sam Robbins. I said, Sam, will you teach me everything? I mean, don't hold back. I want to know it all. Teach me all of it. He said, okay, but I want one thing from you. Now I want to let you know whatever he said next. I'm saying yes. <laughs> Didn't matter why I'm in yes mode, right? I'm in yes mode. He said, this is what I want from you. When the time is right and you will know that time, I want you to teach as many people as you possibly can everything I teach you. And I said, okay. So at 19 years old, Hurricane, I made a vow. I made an oath. I made a commitment to my mentor that I believe even today is looking on helping me because I'm fulfilling that commitment I made when I was 19 years old. And that today has manifest into what we know as Givers University. And that's the history. That's how it came about. Well, I have to say, <laughs> it, I, I was so, so into it. I mean, um, we've, we put in some time right now, just, just learning this. 
and I can I can just relate to some of the items and the elements you've covered. And first of all, it, it is real and uh, it happens and it only happens to people who want to see it, and who want it so bad. In your case, you were always motivated. You know, you've seen your dad doing the work. And by the way, it took us to a, to, to a time where, where, where life was nice. People were nice. You know, a trust was there, honesty, all the stuff. But but unfortunately, we lost some of that over the years. But 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 even at an early age, you showed some personable stuff that that today also we've lost. I think the new generation doesn't have much of that uh, that you've demonstrated at sixteen, uh, just at different times and, and different ambition. Uh, and I think that is a big you know uh, element. To, to really highlight, and I, I wanted to highlight that specifically. Uh, you also had the opportunity to see value from people who may be rich, who have made it at the time, but they didn't forget you know, their own story and they were willing to share that. In, in the case of Juno, uh, you know, she, she did not have a power trip. She saw the value to, to show you the stuff, to tell you. And, and by the way, that question that you had about, you know, why did you do it? Yeah, that's where it makes a difference for people. Sometimes you take that leap, you take that sacrifice when you know it will pay off later on. Uh, people sometimes lose value or lose sight of that because sometimes we want the instant gratification as opposed to like seeing, you know, 10 steps ahead and, and you know, and just like looking at the future. You know, you want that quick, you know, I want to make it now, but not, you know, seeing that you want to put some time and invest and you'll, it'll get all better eventually. And then you kept that. And then ultimately when you saw the, your mentor, which you were looking for, uh, you didn't see the value at the time. And that's the other thing that I think we should highlight is that, you know, we sometimes are our own enemy because we just don't take enough, you know, uh, time to think uh, about everybody that we meet. You don't know who you're going to meet that's going to make a difference in your life. I personally had the same experience, very similar experiences. And uh, there are people in my life that that actually guided me, that were actually my mentors. And I've thanked them and I still will thank them until Tuesday, <laughs> you know, because they were the people that that saw uh, what I had in me in terms of ambition and, and hunger and, and, you know, success that I wanted to be and so on and so forth. But they were there and they taught me things. And and that gives us to gets us to the actual point that you're that that you started the the Givers University, which is everything we learn. You know, we only learn it because someone had taken the time to teach us, and we are meant to teach it to others. And sometimes, again, people do things they take it. They always say it was me. It's only you with your work. But if other people didn't see the value in you, there's so much talent out there. There are so many smart people. There are so many people that can do things. But if someone doesn't take them, hold their hands and show them, motivate them and mentor them and guide them, they may be not nowhere. And I think those are just super values that sometimes people don't see. I think we're addressing them in a different and your story really, really shows exactly that value. Knowledge is meant to be given. Knowledge is meant to be, you know, cherished and, and shared, not kept alone. I mean, you can die with your knowledge. It's not going to do anything for, for humanity. And one of the things that we're doing right now is sharing that knowledge just of this, this, this program, right? And your story should be motivational and inspirational to many that are listening today or viewing this, this particular program. Uh, again, I am so excited about these things and when i hear them and stories and it, it's rich and it, it and, and your 
one of, of many, but unfortunately not a lot of people see it, do it and actually take advantage of it. And I've seen it in both sides. I've had throughout my career, the opportunity to be mentored and also mentor others, uh, you know, be guided and guide others, give opportunity to people, you know, your mentor saw the value in you, saw the potential, and he was able to, 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 to invest time and he did invest time in you, but knowing that he wanted that knowledge to be given to many, many more. Now you started doing the same thing and you're sharing it with the world. And, and, and that's, that's in itself, you know, a, a success that, that we have to highlight and we have to take to the value that there is. Now, <laughs> I just wanted to, to just cover those because I, I believe in those concepts and I believe in, in, in what you've gone through. Now, uh, you have obviously, obviously more experience than me. Uh, I think, I mean, just by default. <laughs> and, and, and you've done a lot of successful stuff. I mean, I, I might, my, my personally, I've done some of that as well. And, but, but it would never end. And to your point, I will continue doing what I got to do and you are doing it. And again, we are performing the same value that were given to you, which values that were given to you, which is teach others, show others, enlighten others, inspire others, motivate others. And that's what we're doing today. So yeah, years later, you started the Givers University. Yep. And I appreciate you saying those things. And I, I've been very blessed. And, you know, there's a lot of things on my bio, but I have to tell you, my bio still is not as long as my last name. So I've got to get to work and really start to, you know, <laughs> my bio should at least be as long as my last name. God. All right. So <laughs> I, I, I really was blessed with it. And, and my business mentor did teach me so many great things, you know, and, uh, and, and so many drilled them into me over and over again. But, you know, when I drove up there, I would think for six hours, that's all the drive was of all the questions I was going to ask him. And for six, he had to feel like he was getting hit by a jackhammer because for, for, I would sit there for six hours and just question after question, bah, 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 you know, and then, and then all the way home driving for six hours, I would ponder and think of the answers and, you know, and, and what they meant and how those things were and how they could apply. So for your listeners, get a mentor. Believe me, they're out there and they're people that, and usually the more successful they are, the more they're willing to help. As long as you are sincere, not because you want to endear yourselves because they've made it or something. And they'll pick up on that. They'll know that, right? I, I was genuinely, genuinely in sponge mode when I met June and I taught, went up to her. I was shaking in my boots and I got to believe she had to know that. And I really wanted to know what happened because I was trying to figure out how the world she living like this. And I don't see a superhero alien superpowers anywhere. What, you know, so I'm thinking in my mind, well, she knows something I don't know. And she's doing something I'm not doing. It's only those two things. There's no other two things. Either she knows something I don't know, or she's doing something I'm not doing. All I know is I'm buffing her floors. <laughs> so I better figure out what it is. And, and, and so the question was sincere. And, and she it was a form that one day was a superset in mentoring, you know? And then, uh, and then, of course, Sam, God bless him. You know, I mean, there's so many great, awesome conversations. And I share, and the way I met him and how many times I said no, Hurricane, I'm saying no to the very thing I asked for. Uh, and, and I can share with your listeners, because of that, please take note of that story, because so many things will happen in our lives that at the moment will seem so insignificant on the thin edge of a dime that will actually be the answers to the questions we've been asking as our lives become self-fulfilling prophecies. And these little things, these insignificant moments 
will be the ones that shape our lives in ways that are unimaginable at that moment. So be aware and observe when those moments come because they're there in all of our lives. And yeah, yeah, you're talking about powerful messaging here because we don't know what element is going to make the change, the difference. Uh, you know, I, I had uh, one time I did a TikTok about uh, the one degree, uh, as we know, that that extra degree that makes the water boil and all that. So that one degree is that one step. That's that, that the one person you talk, that's the one question you ask. You never know what that would be. The next step that you take can make a difference. Yeah. And, and, and most of us, you know, we we don't take that next step because we're afraid or we give up or we just say, okay, whatever. Or to your point earlier, you said so many no's. It could have been one extra no and that would have been it. But you kind of played that in your mind and said, oh, wait a minute, maybe something. What's the big deal? I'll go back to what I'm doing today. <laughs> and you saw the value of that. But that's that's really what it is. People need to learn that don't give up. There is always a way and there is another way. And you don't know who you're going to meet, when you're going to meet them, and how you're going to meet them, but those are the people that are going to make a difference in your life. Uh, again, even like I, I've given this example in my own story where I uh, I had met someone who actually introduced me to the insurance world and then then in, introduced me to what I was doing. And then finally, I was, you know, I guess, mentored by someone who saw the value in what I was able to bring in and the rest is history. And I made it in my industry well enough, you know, so, so you never know who that person is going to be. That's going to make the difference and the change in your life. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful for each and every one. And, and, and the other part that I add to it is that I think everyone in my life has taught me something and in a way or shape or form has, had, has helped me be who I am today. You know, it started from my parents and family and friends and, you know, those mentors that come along. And there's always that. And by the way, as much as we learn, there's always somebody new that's going to come in your life and teach you a new way and a better things to do and, and how to be even better in your lifestyle. And that's, I mean, today, this this is just a good example. I mean, this valued, you know, a discussion is going to pump me up even more and I'll probably do a lot of good stuff out there. Well, and, and, and you bring up, you bring up such a great point that I'd like to uh, invest a moment on. Sure. Um, that's so important. I, I was blessed in uh, over a two year time period. I had my own radio talk show and, and I interviewed over 1000 millionaires in two years. And through the course of that, with asking them, I, and by the way, off the air was some of the best moments, because I always had a list of things I wanted to ask these people, right? And they're all millionaires, right? And, and so as a result of that, I can share with you some things that were very interesting in the commonality of a thousand people, over a thousand people who were each individually millionaires. They had certain things in common. One of the things in common, every one of them, not some of them, not a few of them, all of them had these two things in common. Number one, they all had a time in their life where everything, and I mean everything, told them to stop. Their finances told them to stop. Their family told them to stop. Their business told them to stop. The economy told them to stop. They had every reason in the world, and they were all there to stop and not do the next step. All of them had that story. Not some of them. They all had it. That to me, that was very interesting that they all had that story and they all had the next thing. In fact, some of them, interestingly enough, because I was interviewing people who didn't know each other, different industries. The only thing they had in common is that they were president, CEO or, um, you know, and a millionaire. That was it. Right. So 
they all and sometimes even used the same words. It was almost a little strange. They said the following, you know, I took the next step out of curiosity to see what else could go wrong. I said, I wanted to see if I missed anything. Was there anything possible that could, did I miss anything that could have gone wrong? There's gotta be something else. And it was a morbid curiosity to see if they missed anything. Is there something else that could possibly go wrong? And they all said when they did that next step, it was a defining moment. Because then all of us, they seemed it was, they said it was almost like all of a sudden it was so fast that things then began to connect and work almost effortlessly on their part, almost as though it took on a mind of its own and temporary defeat left their life and went into someone else's life to screw it up because it was going to be easier because this guy didn't know, gal didn't know when to finish, when to stop and throw in the towel. And I thought that that was really interesting that they all had that time. And then I think back, oh, yeah, I can think about June Martino. How many people would have stayed there when they weren't getting paid? You know, I mean, I, and I could think of those and I and started that thread, started to go through that commonality and, and all that uh, information from those thousand people also got you know, crafted together with my mentors teaching into what is taught in Givers University. But I can share with you one of the things my business mentor shared with me to that point, which basically you had mentioned. And that is the following. Every, not some, every adversity in life carries with it the seed of an equal or a greater benefit. And he taught me it's up to us to move aside the leaves that's our part. We have to move aside the leaves and find the seeds. And when we find those seeds, because they're going to be there, we will realize those are the very seeds we needed to go up the next step and the next step and next step. And the next thing I'm going to say, Hurricane, is going to bake the noodle of some of your listeners because they're going to think EA has fallen off the rocker. He's got hit in the head with one of Hurricane's weights. There's something wrong with them, right? This guy has something. He is off his rocker. When I say the next thing, but it if is. they ponder on it, they will begin to see what it really means. When we really understand what temporary defeat means. And by the way, side note, my business mentor said, get rid of the word failure. Get it out of your life. Don't say it. Don't mention it. It's too eternal supplant it with temporary defeat. He says, because then it's like being tackled. You stand up and you realize you got a first down. He said, when, you're, when you say failure, you threw yourself out of the game. Stay in the game. It's temporary defeat. That's all it is. So I share with your listeners, when we really understand, I mean, really from a point of wisdom, when wisdom supplants impetuousness, when we begin to understand what temporary defeat really means in our life, here it comes. We will begin to welcome it and embrace it because we realize now that in that temporary defeat are the seeds we needed. And without the temporary defeat, the adversity in our life, we never would have been given those seeds. We never would have found them. And as we can embrace that temporary defeat and realize what it is, and we relabel it and reframe it in our mind, we don't start walking up the stairs of success and prosperity. We start going into a fast, full-blown run 
because we're not coming from a position of fear anymore. We're not saying, I don't want to try there. I'm afraid. What if I fail? What if I don't make it? What's everyone going to say? I got news for you. In my life at 65 years old, if someone has difficulty with what I'm saying, I have clarity. It's their problem. It's not mine. <laughs> it's not my issue. It's theirs. So I hope they work through it because I'm on it, you know? So when, and that was one of the things my business mentor taught, he said, you're going to have adversity. He said, but when you learn to embrace it, you will go by it so fast and it will help you and you'll move faster and faster, skyrocketing exponentially past so many people because they're going from a position of fear that's sabotaging them all the time. And I got to share with you, that's one of the most important lessons. And thank you for mentioning it because I may not have gone down that path in the explanation, but my business mentor shared that with me. So when adversity hits us and for your listeners, remember, move aside the leaves. That's your part. And look for the seeds because they're there. They're not, it's not a matter of if they're there, they're there. You have to find them. And when you find them, you're going to be so thankful for that adversity because it's going to be just what you needed to go to that because you're going to be able to look back and say, you know what, because that happened, that connected that and that have it. You know what, that all happened because that bad thing happened, you know, or at the time it seemed bad when it wasn't. So I wanted to share that with you as an important uh, lesson that you had sort of mentioned on the importance of adversity. And, and yeah, thank you for for even clarifying more of that to the audience. And I, I can I might add just a few things to it. It, the, the word failure to your point shouldn't even be in, a voc in the vocabulary because exactly right failure is is really it if you think it that way then you actually fail uh failure is just another step it's just another trial it it does it shouldn't even be used that way to your point it's momentary defeat it's just temporary it's not going to be anything beyond that and in every failure there's success and lesson or every momentary <laughs> or temporary defeat there is success mm -hmm. and learning and, yes, yes. and that's 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 again the concept of cup half full cup half empty you got to see yes, it in the mindset right it's how you see things and when you start seeing that value then life becomes an opportunity everything is an opportunity doesn't matter what it is you lose a job that's an opportunity there's a reason <laughs> now you see what that reason is it's for you to start a business um you know you move from one company something's happening you move to another company that's when you're going to grow the most or you meet the next ray and or whoever the mentor is you gotta see the opportunity in every single step every single event that happens in life and people will demotivate you people will ridicule you people will say things to you to really just like put you down and say ah you're never gonna make it what's the deal why you do this why you do that don't listen listen to that voice if you really want things and you want to succeed you just keep going and no matter what happens take whatever is good to that you know it's like everything you take the best even if it's one ounce one percent of whatever it is take it apply it and it adds up in time you'll have the values that you want but never claim defeat period it's not gonna happen it shouldn't happen now some people do have that and i think that's the problem some people just have the negative vibe at all times they see everything dark see things in a light see things in a bright life and 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 really if you do that you will have whatever that you dream of and, and we've had i've had actually discussions about like dreaming and success and stuff like that the mo to your to, to your point earlier you met with millionaires people who are truly successful and you're right everyone that i also know in terms of success had gone through adversity had gone through tough times started from rock bottom and it, it was an event despite everybody around them say that's it this yep. is the end they did not settle they did not really give up they just 
took upon themselves to make it happen, stand up tall, made it happen. That's it. That's all it takes. And yes, we will go down. But here's the thing. I think another value people should take. If you go down, how, how, how far can you possibly go <laughs> any further? That's it. You're already down. The only way is up. So you just stand up and move, move up. That's it. Make it happen. And, and I think that's the problem. People just like are afraid to, to, to start, are afraid to go back, are afraid to, to make moves and, and, and make mistakes. And, and just, but that's not the case. Make mistakes. It's okay. Learn from them. Move on. The next. And you will succeed no matter what. And you will be a mentor eventually because people are going to learn from you. You know, how did he do it? How did she do it? Oh, that's what it is. And to, to your point, your story is just as clear as, as anyone. By the way, the world is full of these examples. I mean, we, we, see, really people, is. we see people that are stars, you know, uh, in, in all walks of life, whether corporate, business, sports, they all had a story and it was just rock bottom, bad days, bad everything. And next thing, it takes one spark, poof, done, that one degree, and it happens. Everyone listening, you can do exactly that. And, and, and this is the greatest part about, you know, when you listen to these things, it keeps you the more, gives you the motivation and it keeps you really pumped up. Now, to your point, you, you said it. I'm six, I'm very lucid about it. I'm clear about it because I have clarity. Some people may not have that. It may take them time. You know, our objective is as, as givers is to teach that, you know, maybe you don't need all the time. Why wait 10 years <laughs> to see it when you can see it earlier? You know, but you have to open up to it. You know, it's like you have to be able to open that satellite dish and just get some some transmission in. But if the satellite is closed or whatever, if you're not, you know, in the frequency, you got to tune in. You're not tuned in, you're not going to see it. But there's plenty of opportunity to tune into and plenty of success out there. And there's so many role models that we can follow. There's so many examples of success that are out there. Yep. I mean, yeah, you're really uh, you know, an inspiration you. here. And, and, and I know your job yeah. and your work is continuous and you've helped quite a few people. So, so tell us about that angle. Like, so yep, now for sure. you have the university. Yep. And, and, and you, you, again, you brought up such a great point. I, I got, I, you're one of those guys, I promise you, you and I could sit down and probably talk for hours and hours and hours. I just love you. You are awesome, buddy. Flat out hurricane. You are awesome. I mean, that truly. And I could tell you're a giver. I mean, after a while you see the signs and uh, we teach what to look for. And one of the things I want to share with you again, that my business mentor taught me regarding being a giver is we sort of migrate into the giver taker thing. Took us a little while to get there, but we got there. And that was as follows. When you're a giver, people will take advantage of you. Expect it. But he said, here's the part no one gets. No one gets the second part. When you're a giver, people take advantage of you. But you're never diminished because they did. They're diminished, not you. And that's the part people don't get. He said, when you're a giver, he said, you don't realize, he said, there's, there's this law. And he taught me about this thing. It's called the law of compensation. We teach it. But he said, and there's a scale. On one side, there's this services and things you can give, the giving part of the scale. And he said, on the other part of the law of compensation, this scale is all the rewards we get back. He said, your job in life is to try to get that scale out of balance every day by putting so much on that part you've given because this scale, mystically almost, strives to be in balance at all times. Because of that, because you've heaped so much on the giving side, the receiving side has to be in balance. And he said, so when you're a giver, expect people to take advantage of you. Get your head around it right now. He said, but you're not diminished because you gave. They are. 
they lost the relationship and here's what else happened. You'll get back what you gave from another person, from another business deal, from another event, from another circumstance, you'll get all of that back. So you lost nothing, but the person who took or took advantage of you, they lost the relationship. So in the end, didn't they really lose? And he taught me that the important part with being a giver, you know, how important that is. I can, I can see you're chuckling. There must be something that came to mind that you were thinking of. No, no, it's funny because it's, it's like something that I, I just talked to someone about it, literally about a week ago, which is you can give people a lot and you give them even the good sauce, but it will never taste the same. <laughs> true, that's true. You know, people, to your point, they'll take advantage, but they only can take advantage to what you teach them, but they will not know how to, what to make of it. That's the other part. You give a lot of stuff to people and they take it, but they're just basically, like you said earlier, they learn the formula, but they don't know how to apply it. That's one. And, and even when you do, you do it with pleasure. It doesn't matter. Even if you feel that, okay, well, this person is really, really just taking, you know, uh, advantage of what I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm giving, I'm helping, but you know, you can move on and you're going to do it again and be good, but that's in your culture. That's in your nature. It's not going to go away. That's not going to phase anyone that is, truly given at all times and willing to do that. I do it, for example, in my case, I train people, I tell them, you, you can do whatever you want with this. I don't care. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just take it out there, make it happen. I, I oh, think yeah. it's okay. Right, you know, right, and, right. and I've had, I, I have like in my industry, for example, I had a discussion literally last night with someone about some of the things that have been in, 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 in implied, or, you know, in, in, in application in the industry that I'm in, in the sales and the marketing and in yes. the insurance world. And some of these, these concepts I've designed that I put them out there. Yours 30 years, almost 30 years ago. And everybody's applying them today, but no one really, you know, sits there and is like, oh, was that Hisham? Was that, you know, I don't care. Yeah. I've started some, some activities and things like that, you know, that, that people are taking advantage of today and getting benefits from. I don't go out there and say, hey, I did this. But, you know, I, I, I just sit back and, and I'm happy because somebody's taking the benefit of it. Somebody is really, you know, getting the fruits of all those efforts and those those things. And that's all that matters to me. That's the satisfaction I get. Whether they appreciate it, they don't like I've never expected someone to say, hey, good job. You know, you did a good job. Thank you. Yeah, it, it helps. It's nice to hear it. But sometimes, you know, I just not never, required. It's not required. I do my thing for me, for how I think, you know, and that's about it. And I think that's a different ideology. Some people are like waiting. I'm doing something in exchange of something. I'm doing it because it feels good. I'm doing it because I know what it means when I needed somebody to give me that chance, to give me that mentorship, to help me out, to guide me. And sometimes I didn't have that. Like there, there are times of things that you had in life that you wish you had someone to give you those little tricks because you had to figure it out for yourself. Like sometimes we learn things on our own and or through discovery and like, you know, like, temporary defeat or, you know, that kind of thing. But, but really you would wish that someone was there to hold you to, to, to put you under their wing, as you said, and, and, and really be your, uh, you know, your father figure or your role mother or some sort of a guide that's going to help you mentor your coach. And, and we don't have always that. And when you have the ability to do that, go for it. It is a great feeling. And I, I relate to this. I love this stuff. And I have, I would never hold back. And when someone comes, they want to learn. I give them everything I know. And I'm not even intimidated by their knowledge if they actually going to be surpassing me in a rank or whatever. Some people have that fear. Like, well, if I teach them everything, then I'm obsolete. No, you're not. You are the source. <laughs> and that's how I look at it. So, so they can be your, your, your boss. I, I've had this experience. I've taught somebody, you know, a lot of stuff. 
And I had to report to them eventually, <laughs> which it, it never hurt, you know, my feelings about that because I was proud of what I did. That was my achievement. As a, I, I always consider myself a leader, for example, in my world. And a, a true leader is not a leader that just says I'm a leader. A true leader is someone who actually delivers leaders. And so I'm so proud of that. I don't have a problem with that and feeling like, you know, oh my God, that people are stealing my knowledge or no, knowledge is, is meant to be given to other people yeah. and, and, yeah. and, and picked. So again, I just wanted to, to just really throw in some, some of these uh, elements you. here. So Thank you. Thank you. As we get now to givers and takers. That's right. I ask your listeners the following. Think about the fires that you stomp out each day. Think about the times during the day when your stress level goes straight through the roof. Think about the conversations you have during the day. And at the end of the conversation, you're not even, you don't even remember what you talked about, but you do know one thing for sure. You have no more energy left. They just drained it all from you. All three of those things have one thing in common. There's a name attached to them. And we teach something and I can share with you. I've done, I do one to three interviews a day, done about a hundred of them since the first week of April in podcast interviews. And I can share with you, we're the only one teaching this. No one's teaching discernment in relationships and let me share with you exactly what that means first i say to all your listeners we love everybody i say it emphatically we love everybody and we teach at givers university how to separate the person who we love from their deeds which we may not love and by observing certain deeds, observing the actual things they're doing, observing and looking and seeing these certain things that we teach them to look for, not broad, innocuous swaths of information where you say, wow, that sounds really good. Uh, what do I do with that? <laughs> this is much, this very granular. These are the things you look for. And when you see them doing these things, you may want to discern and bring them closer into your life and build what we call your giver community around you because givers like hurricane always bring with them the three w's of a giver wisdom wealth and wellness by contrast if you see them doing other certain deeds you may want to begin to discern and say you know what i need to respectfully distance myself not nasty or rude or insensitive respectfully distance myself because when I bring them into my life closer as a taker, they're going to bring with the three D's of a taker, which are defeatism, disruption, and destruction. And when I bring them into my life, I'm going to be stomping out fires because I'm just became collateral damage. My productivity is going down because I'm stomping out fires instead of producing results. My stress level goes up instead of down. And I'm not around people who are giving me energy. Mine's being sucked out of me all the time. Now there's no more energy left in me. I'm drained. As opposed to me being in relationships with people around me that I'm giving energy to and they're giving it back. So we teach people how to discern. I was very blessed in becoming a commercial pilot and passed to fly my own planes. And one of the very first things my instructor taught me when we sat, when I was going for my private ticket, sat in the plane, he said, I'm going to teach you how to look out the window. And I said, okay. <laughs> he said, when you look out the window, and you, and you see another airplane, you always wanna see the plane when you first see it be like that. And as you're watching it, it goes like this. He said, you never wanna see a plane when you see it go like this and then start to go like this. He said, because that means it's coming at you. And the closure rate may be 600 knots. This is gonna happen quick and it's gonna hurt. So 
You know what we teach people, Hurricane? The plane, the plane. Look for the plane in the relationships in advance. Teach, and we teach people how to discern who should you have close in your life and who should you begin to respectfully distance. You know, I'm a self-improvement geek. I'm positive you are. I'm sure many of your listeners are too. I'm into it. I love it. I love the mirror stuff. Look in the mirror, get better every day. That's all great. But you know what? Not what's not being taught? What about the other guy? What if he's not doing it right? What should I do about that? Because these people around us in our lives will influence us. In the third place, after our thoughts and actions of our own. The next thing is our people around us. And who are those? And no one's teaching in this world we have today. Businesses open and closing faster than ever before. Products being antiquated overnight by brand new products. What do we have left? Our relationships. And no one's teaching us how to discern what relationships we should have in our life and which relationships we should not that are close to us and how they will influence us in a huge way. We have determined statistically that about 20% of the people are givers. That means you put them hurricane in any situation, doesn't matter what it is, business, social, family, in a short period of time, they'll start giving, they'll contribute, they'll invest, they'll help, they'll be the first one to step forward and say, hey, I'll do that. By contrast, the other side of the Grand Canyon are the takers. About 20% of the population are takers. These are people that you put them in any situation in a short period of time, they will craft and in fact fulfill a way to take from the relationship financially, spiritually, morally, mentally, emotionally. They're wired that way. Now that leaves 60%, right? We got 20% givers, 20% takers. The 60% in the middle, we refer to them as fencers because they sit on the fence. They will act like givers when they're with givers. And they will act like takers when they're with takers. They can be great relationships, but we need to manage them. We need to keep an eye on them. So ideally, over time, by learning to observe the things they're doing, knowing the deeds and watch, we actually give them checklists. These are the deeds. Watch them doing these things or not. If right now I use this as an example. And I said, okay, I'm looking at Hurricane. I could see his eyes are a little itchy. His nose is running. You know, he may have a cold. Now, I'm not able to see the cold. The cold caused the symptoms, right? The symptomatic. So supplant symptoms with deeds. We teach people to observe the symptoms. These are the deeds to look for. And because of that, you can begin to discern, should I pull this person in closer? Or should I respectfully distance myself? Because when I pull them in closer, I'm going to be collateral damage if they're a taker. So when we use the term giver, we're not labeling a person. We don't label people. We're using the term giver to identify giver deeds. When we use the term taker, we're not labeling people. We don't label people takers. We're labeling taker deeds. So we actually teach people through our courses. We have a course called Give to Be Great. And it's a set of three courses, their online courses. First one is the giver's mindset. 
how givers, they think differently than takers, how they think differently. Uh, and then the second course is called the giver's lifestyle. And that's, there's 30 habits we've identified. There's 30 specific habits you can watch givers do, and they'll do these things habitually over and over again. They'll do them. You'll see them once you look and see, and you know what to look for. The same thing with the takers. And then the last uh, course, the third course is called uh, the giver's lifelong learning. And there we teach about the six virtual prisons that people walk around in that they don't even know that they're in until they recognize and see the list. So what we do is we love to be able to share with your listeners. We, we're nurturers. We love to invest. I love to be able to compel people to take to get the advantages and benefits because we show them up front. Here's what you get. And now that here it is. See for yourself. It really works. So we, we, we have free downloads that we love to give people. The first download is called the six arrows that takers shoot at givers. And it's a great checklist because they just look at it and they go, oh, got it. I see it. I see it. Mm -hmm. And you know what's amazing? It's this epiphany where I call it the, the green car thing. The green car thing is you never know how many green cars are on the road until when you buy you one. Get, you're getting ready to buy a green car. All of a sudden they're everywhere, right? And the funny thing was they were always there. Our attention just wasn't focused on it, right? Our awareness wasn't on all the green cars. Now it is. The same is true. They look at these checklists and go, oh, huh. got it. I got it. And the, and, and the second one that they'll get is called the 25 do's. This is, I love this checklist. It's literally a two page checklist of the 25 actual deeds to watch for people doing or not doing. And what they simply do is they can go to our website, giversuniversity.com, get our free newsletter. We have a big website uh, upgrade that's happening right now. They can also, if they don't see the sign up thing on there, it's because it's on the new one that's getting ready to be posted. Um, they can also, we have a great seven question quiz. We'd love to have all your listeners uh, do the quiz. It's seven questions, takes four minutes, and it's called, what is your givers and takers awareness IQ? And they go to giversuniversity.info, giversuniversity.info. Our website is .com, giversuniversity.com. The, the quiz is giversuniversity.info. When they go there, they're actually on the first question. They're right there. In four minutes, they'll be done. They'll get a great assessment from themselves. It's, it's light, but good and pointed on how they're doing on their awareness level with givers and takers. And it'll automatically get them in our system. And then from that, they're going to get a, a, an email that'll say, do you want to communicate with these people? We're not spammers. I don't like to do that. You know, I, I sign up for things sometimes. Next thing you know, I'm getting six emails a day from them. And I push unsubscribe, unsubscribe, because you know, they, they're pelting my email, right? We send out one email a week. It's on Thursday. And that email has great, helpful nuggets that are going to help them in their life become more exceptional become happier, become freer, and to have the things that they want in their life by being a giver and to begin to discern more in the relationships. So we teach discernment. We teach how to discern. And so from that, they just sign up. We have free newsletters, absolutely free, doesn't cost anything. Put in their name and email. They're going to get a letter confirmation email. Say, yeah, I want to receive info. And then they'll get right away. They'll get the first uh, download, which is um, the six arrows that take or shoot at givers. We want them to have these things so they can use them. We want them to download them because they will then begin to see how the quality of their life improves because of the discernment skill. It's a skill that's taught, a discernment skill that isn't being taught today, and it should be being taught. 
how to discern in relationships, how to have the right people, and how to look for those things they're doing. Now, a couple of last points as we share with your listeners. One I want to share with your listeners is they may be right now thinking, wow, this is great stuff. I have a family member who is being a little takerish. And you know what? Someone needs to talk with them about this stuff because I can tell they're being takerish. And, you know, I love them. I don't want to hurt their feelings, but this needs to be broached with them. Someone needs to talk to them about this. Do you know that one of the very best things they could do, Hurricane, is to share your podcast with them? Here's why. It's a third party. It's a form of mentoring. All I have to do is simply say, you know what? I heard this really thought-provoking podcast. It really made me think. I think they were covering things that usually aren't talked about. Do me a favor. Listen to it. Give me your opinion on it. Let me know what you think of it. You never know. It might open their mind. The next thing you know, because you were a giver and you shared Hurricane's podcast with them, they may now be more giverish and you may be stopping out one less fire in your life, all because you shared this podcast with them. And I sh so I share that with your listeners as, as something that's very, very important. A couple of days ago, I had an interview with a guy and he said, you know, wow, this is great stuff. I love this stuff. I love this stuff. I read a book and they said, I need to be surrounded. And I put around me five good people. I said, you're absolutely right. Which five? Test them. <laughs> Givers or takers. <laughs> and he looked at me with this blank look on his face. And when he realized, I said, you see my point? No one's teaching you. How do you decide which five? How do you discern in those relationships, which will in every way impact us in our family, our business, socially, those relationships, and no one's teaching us what to look for and what to be aware of. And that's really the heart of our discernment. And the last thing I'd love to share with your listeners are the three things my business mentor taught me to say to myself every day. And I say this to your listeners, and I, I pray that they begin to say these three things to themselves, because I can share with you, they impacted me in a huge way. And these are the three things that he taught me to say that I say to myself and have for decades every single day. And they are, I will never give up. I will keep rising up and I will always overcome. Powerful. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I have to say, I mean, I am uh, just in awe right now. And uh, I was thinking while you're talking about all this stuff to literally potentially use your university for training for my own team <laughs> and, and and use it as a tactical, you know, advantage in one of our trainings and meetings and love to do it and, and, and really, you know, share with them the value because uh, it can help in every shape and form business, personal, as you said, sociable family, you know, and, and that is, that is uh, an, a needed, I think, uh, opportunity here because everybody watching, listening, I mean, yes, you might have people around you in your circles that you that need to hear this or they need to be tested <laughs> or you need to actually evaluate your relationship with them. Exactly and, right. I always say this, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, we all have circles. Uh, and, you know, to your point, there might be people in the circle that may not need to be in the circle and you have to be able to weed them out, you know, and I'm being blunt about it, but, <laughs> you know, yeah, but, well, for you, sure. 
you know, or, or like to your point, like now you can, you can filter up, you know, the, the good ones versus the bad ones and the ones that are good you keep and the ones that you don't, I mean, you just stay away from them and that's it. And, 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 and one of the things is the negativity. Some of these folks will actually oh, surround man. you. The energy that they're going to give you and they will be giving you all the time is like, well, why and this and you like the mining and stuff. And it just takes away your stamina, your, you know, your energy level, all your, your positivity is going to drain. You don't want that. So, so listen, yeah, first of all, thank you for, for just, just some real powerful advice and some thank you. real powerful, you know, con content here and, uh, and, 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 and real concepts and, but also the resource, the fact that, you know, you are a resource, the givers university a resource, it, it kind of almost like teaches people how to live, you know, in every environment and be able to be, you know, to thrive the right way. Uh, because I think that's that's the, the key important thing, and and sometimes we don't have the, the means or the, the the tools. You provide the tools; they're already done, they're already vetted out, they're already tested, and uh, they're tested by the best. And so, so I think, I mean, anyone listening, watching, you 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 heard it. You know, I think you need to take the quiz. I might even take the quiz myself now. <laughs> I, I am I'm I'm a literally you know. Uh, uh, just 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 like i'm i'm, I'm kind of convincing myself right now i want to do this right after the show <laughs> literally <laughs> just to see how i come out with it. i i'm thinking one thing maybe something else the i know you're a giver already i know exactly where you're going to be i can tell you because all the things we teach i'm watching them with you i'm watching the deeds i can see them many of them that's well, why you're great man i love you you're awesome you are absolutely awesome buddy Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And, and like I said, I really, you know, encourage everyone listening, watching, do that, take it, go to the, the, the Givers University that info, take the quiz. And hey, it's free. You get the newsletter, you get the downloads, you get to see value. And of course, if there is more interest, you certainly can reach out, you know, more and get a lot more uh, uh, real core business, you know, uh, tactics and so on and so forth that can help you be successful and mentor you to the next level. And I think each and every one of us can and will benefit from it. Thank um, you, my friend. Thank you. So any quick last words? I know we've we've just kind of went over the hour, but but certainly it's, I mean, we can spend another hour easily and, and, and we'll never- I, I think you and I could sit down <laughs> and we could do a three or four hour that would breeze by so fast. We would be amazed at how fast the time went by. And I, and, and I, and I think you're doing such a great thing. And I really truthfully do. And I, and, 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 I teach this stuff and I can share with you. I, you know, I, I have learned and, and, and I've learned from other people. I didn't make any of this stuff up. I didn't make any of it up. I just simply was like a sponge. And I just simply said, I had no problem humbling myself down. I think that's a really important thing. Everyone today, as you know, Hurricane, they all want to look so good all the time. And they always want to look so smart. And my, I have to tell you, if there was, if I had any magic in my life, it was my ability to humble myself down and say, you know what? I don't know that. Could you teach me about that? I'd love to learn. And do you know that the amazing, how many people would love to be able to teach you something? And it's so much easier and so much better and so much more endearing when you actually have the ability to humble yourself down and say, you know what? I'm going to get over myself. My business mentor drilled in me. You know what the smallest package in the world is? Package all wrapped up in itself. And he said, you know, so be, hum be okay to be humble. Be okay to be able to, share great things with people and, 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 and don't have a problem saying, you know, I don't know that. Could you teach me how that works? Could you teach me about that. And next thing you know, people like Hurricane will show up in your life and he'll teach you about sales. He'll teach you about the insurance industry. He'll teach you about health and fitness. Why? Because he learned these things and he wants to share them with you. So listen to this podcast, share it with others. 
Hurricane's got a great thing going. And I got, I promise you, this is not the last time Hurricane and I are talking together. And don't be surprised if you see some collaborations come out of our relationship. There will be. There will be. And, and just quickly, I want to just add to what you just mentioned right now, which is learning. We learn every day. There's always something to learn from anyone out there. And never underestimate who is in front of you, whether it's a child and, you know, a person that's been in, oh, in that's the world. True. doesn't matter what it is. You know, don't don't always like, oh, like you started the story about, you know, your first job as, in, in, as a janitorial, you know, uh, a custodial person. That is, there's nothing. That's a great opportunity. That's a great job. That's a great percent. Everybody can teach you anything. Everywhere, anytime, never undermine people or think that they know. And some people know a lot more. They're just because they have a job doesn't mean they don't know stuff. They just, that's what they do. But their knowledge can be so much more. And so humble yourself to your point. Don't ever think that you already know everything. If you don't know it all, you're never going to, that's it. Your cup full already. There's nothing to do. There's, there's no more to put stuff. You need to have empty. <laughs> you need to keep it empty all the time to actually keep more stuff. You have oh, to be like right. a, a ter like a, one of those uh, portable uh, terabyte uh, <laughs> devices. Just yeah, yeah, keep yeah. put in the data and carry your jump you. drive. You're a jump drive. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You got to keep doing and, and uh, minute, that's great. If you're too full for yourself, I mean, unfortunately, that's where people uh, that's the demise of, of, of people's. It really people. is. It you really don't want is. to do that. So pride, pride. And then that's exactly what gets on the way. It's like, oh, oh I got this. I, you know, no, you don't got this. We don't got this. I mean, sometimes I always say this, none of us are, are better than all of us. <laughs> you know, we, we, there's more people, there's more brains, there's more knowledge we can do. And even when you lead, uh, I think Steve Jobs said it best, you know, we don't hire people uh, to tell them what to do. We hire them to tell us what to do, you know, yeah. and, and that's really what it is. So sometimes people around, around you and anyone, you will learn from take whatever you can get, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, take it, add it to your, you know, to your vocabulary, to your ammunition, to your knowledge, to your skills, whatever you can learn, take it. Knowledge is key. Knowledge is power. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for having me on your awesome podcast. You are an awesome giver. And for your listeners, please share this podcast with as many people as you can think about how much better the world would be if people got this message that hurricanes bring in you right now. Thank you. Yeah, that, that, that's that's terrific <laughs> coming from you. I appreciate it. And you're awesome here. So, 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 uh, folks, it, it's been a true fun hour here uh, with our guest. And, uh, you know, we learned a lot about giving and, and learning a little bit more about ourselves. Uh, so, again, powerful podcast, powerful talk show. Uh, let's let's put it to play. Let's put it to to work. Uh, that being said, Hurricane H here. Thank you for watching the iHealth channel. Listen on iHealth Radio. We'll talk tomorrow. New show, new guest, new topic. Bye now. Ciao, ciao.